Hey, welcome to another episode of Calvary's Deep Dive, where we take a look at the weekend's passage or topic of focus, uh, ask questions of the text, and uh, just, yeah, take a deeper look at, at the uh, the stuff we didn't really fully get to uh, in the message or in the sermon. Uh, we want to be a church that's continually resourcing one another, and this is a great uh, way to, to do that digitally. My name is Brad. I get the pleasure of uh, working here, being one of the pastors at Calvary, and uh, hosting this this. Uh, project most of the the time and joined this week by pastor dan borth db db <laughs> db um hey so i'm going to be in here for about the first 10 minutes or yeah. so and then i'll probably step out uh, unless we cover just an incredible amount of text or uh, we have never moved that quickly before so let's no, just not. enjoy the moment uh, welcome yes welcome so this weekend we started a new series the songs we seldom sing um, what's behind that? A couple of things. Uh, Philip Yancey years ago wrote a wonderful book that um, was pretty accessible called uh, The Bible Jesus Read. Mm-hmm. And um, just talks about the, the Old Testament, kind of broad strokes. But I remember in particular in the Psalms, um, in talking about the Psalms, Yancey said, you know, what we see in the Psalms is like expressions of deep frustration and um, mistrust is not the right word, but he basically said you can only have that level of emotion with someone you deeply uh, and wildly trust. And so in the Psalms, and what Jesus quotes often in the Psalms, especially um, at his crucifixion and that, are, are pretty painful places. Uh, Psalm 22, um, other things. And then, Brad, you and I learned you know, some years later as we were going through uh, seminary, uh, same place, same time, but kind of what the Psalms were, what... How would you describe, you know, in, in maybe two minutes or less, like what are the Psalms or better yet, what is the book of Psalms that we have? Yeah. So, uh, Dr. Collins, uh, you know, Old Testament professor at Covenants, um, shout out Dr. Collins. If you're listening to this deep dive, I'd be I, terrified if I would be Jack so... Collins was listening. Well, what, to this. what did he say in class so often? He, he said that his goal be was quiet to and listen to me. Yeah. Or what? Um, <laughs> Uh, he, you know, his goal was to uh, to put his little voice in our heads, so that when we were yeah. reading the text, yeah. we would hear him asking questions and reminding us of things. He, and he succeeded uh, at that. Very, and I, I very tease, much so. I tease about that. He's a very kind man, but yeah, very, uh, very much yeah. knew what his contribution was going to be. Yes. in our studies. Yeah. So anyway, Dr. Collins, um, he he had a way of just describing you know the Psalms as Israel's hymn book. Uh, this is a collection of of songs that are meant to be sing sung in community. Meant to be singed. Meant to be singed. Words. Songs man. we Words seldom sung. Songs we seldom sung. Uh, meant to be sung in a corporate setting and in community. Yep. Um, but also, as we know, and that's the that's the little like um, like headings we see in so many of the mm-hmm. songs, right? Like this mm-hmm. one this weekend uh, to the choir master. Uh-huh. You know, a, a, a miscal uh, of the sons of Korah uh-huh. or something like that. Uh-huh. So those are song instructions. Yes. But and, as we yeah. know about, you know, music and songs, even the songs we sing at, at church yep. in corporate settings, uh, when we're singing them right, um, which 
you could argue there's different ways to do that. But I've sat next to Brad many times. <laughs> Neither of us, I no. would say, sing right. No, um, no, 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 no. Which is why I sit next to my key. wife as much as yeah. I can. Um, yeah. No, these these songs when when we sing them correctly, um, they're they're going to be done in a corporate in a corporate setting, but in a way that we take them with us when we leave the space. Ooh, I like that. Right, and yeah, so um, whether it's it's in a a literal, I'm I'm singing. You know, they're they're just stuck in my head because that's how music works, um, whether, or whether the, the principles or the things that we're singing, um, so shape us or move us in that space that it launches us into our, into our. I love that image of taking it with us as we go. And I think there's also this aspect of singing together where sometimes we're like breaking off pieces to give to somebody Mm -hmm. else so Mm -hmm. that they can take it with them. So like Psalm 51 it's all about David and his guilt. It is a song, and it's a song for the people. So was that uh, Cutlass some years ago? They redid it. Give us clean hands. Was that, that Cutlass? I, maybe. I, when it comes to, like, early 2000s, um, you know, CCM, I, I just, I listened to DC Talk. Yeah. And that was about it. Yeah. Toby Mac, but that's basically just a, DC Talk. Very much so. Yeah. Um, Regardless, sorry for the rabbit trail. Psalm 51 is an interesting song to sing. I mean, like, forgive us, forgive me my blood guiltiness, oh God, mm-hmm. sung by a choir. Mm-hmm. Not every person gathered is going to feel that, but somebody is. In the fact that we're all willing to sing it together, that at one time or another, I've been so guilty before God that I've needed his direct, like, attention and intervention. Um, yeah, like, that does something, that gives something. It's, it's, um, it's a little bit like you go to the Cardinal game, mm-hmm. which you've been known to do, and you know the game's not going great, mm. but you get to the ninth inning, and uh, that fan stands up as proud as they can, and they just start, yeah, and clapping, yeah. and pretty soon everyone else is like, you know what, yeah, let's cheer for our team, mm-hmm. absolutely, and you find yourself kind of more engaged in the game. Yeah. Uh, that's the gift. I mean, that's a really cheesy illustration, but that's the gift of corporate worship. Yeah. It's the gift of these songs. Yeah. Well, that's why, uh, if you haven't listened to, um, some of the, you know, a couple of the episodes that have recorded with Caleb, uh, our worship leader, the question, Ooh. Caleb Carlson, Caleb Curtis Chapman, Carlson, Caleb, um, Oh, who's uh, Chris, Caleb Chris Pratt Carlson? That's the one. Yeah. Uh, please comment below yeah. with your nicknames for uh, Caleb. <laughs> um, the question, right, that, that I, you know, challenge him with or ask him, it's a question that, you know, not coincidentally, uh, Dr. Collins challenged and asked us, what, what is the shaping effect of singing this song? Yeah. Um, that's uh, every assignment we had, right? You're looking at a psalm and that's the question is what, impact or what effect would reading this or singing this song in the, in the setting it was meant to be sung, like what impact would that have, uh, in, in the scope of redemptive history, but for that, for individuals and for the group singing it. So that's right. Now in the Psalms, there's 150, Mm -hmm. correct. And there's five books, five books. So tell us, tell us what you know about the books. Yeah. Just that, like, what is that? Well, there's an arrangement and there's a flow. Um, there's different types of psalms that go together, right? So you have sections where you have the the psalms of ascent, mm-hmm. right? These are songs that the people of God, as they are walking up to the temple, are literally they're singing it as they're ascending. Um, Jerusalem's on a hill. Jerusalem's up on a hill. Temple's up on the, you know, it's the top of the hill. Um, 
Yeah, so so the Psalms are are organized in in that way. You have some Psalms that David has written, and a lot of those are together. Mm-hmm. You have songs that others wrote, some that they wrote in the in the the spirit of David or for David. Um, others were other other writers. The Sons of Korah, right, is a is an is an example. And I, I I'm not real studied on this, so yeah. I'm, I'm not going to claim like knowledge, but I do know that like. All 150 psalms weren't written at the same time. Yeah, it wasn't like this commission of "Hey, write all these." No, songs. there's a progression, right? So over time, um, and the, these uh, these collections, you know, begin um, just are curated well and get held up as not just the songbook, but also the Word of God. They they were authoritative in their own way, and that's what we have today. But um, it's beautiful testimony to like God working in his people and yeah. giving them song all throughout yeah. the journey. Well, and just, you know, think about like, we don't, we don't open the hymnals anymore, but, um, you don't, I, I don't, I have a couple that they're really just, what's your favorite hymn? Mm, probably one of the more modern hymn. Okay. Yeah. And Christ alone always, oh, always yeah. gets me. Yeah. Um, there's a, there's an old one when I was a teenager. Yeah. Uh, I remember being at, it was a church business meeting and, the song leader says like, hey, uh, does anyone have a hymn? And me and my friends thought we were hilarious. So we flip open the hymnal, point to whatever, and yell out the number. Yeah, yeah. Well, he ends up saying, okay, I'll I'll lead that. Uh-huh. And so kudos to, I think it was Jerry, kudos to him. And uh, he leads us in this, and it, it's turned out to be one of my favorites of all time. It's and I've never heard it since that time. Yeah. I've never seen it in others, but it's uh, as as I journey through the land, singing as I go, pointing souls to Calvary toward the crimson flow. Many arrows pierce my heart from without within, but my Lord leads me on through him I must win. Mm-hmm. Oh, I long to see him look upon his face there to sing forever of a saving grace. On the streets of glory, let me lift my voice. Tears all past, home at last, forever to rejoice. Mm-hmm. No, haven't forgotten it since. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah, so with with hymns, um, we, we're still recording. Okay. Sorry, we had a, a little message pop up. Technical thing. Technical uh, thing. Well, then you got to go. So we got 15 great. minutes left of recording space okay. uh, on this memory card. So with hymns, right, one of the, the power in the, the hymnal is um, you have a, a, a church, right, or a denomination or a group that they say, these are our songs. Right. And there's, and there's power in that. Like these are our songs. It's an identity piece. Um, and with that, I, you know, there's numbers and it's kind of like whenever, um, you're, you're reading, uh, well, actually how about this? If you have a a playlist on Spotify or if you, uh, have, um, you know, you go to a a disc, right. A, 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 a CD an album. No, an album on Spotify or streaming service. I was going to break out (laughs) as LPs. Let's go Um, vinyl. How often, right, do you find yourself in a setting where you are listening to to songs and before the next song starts, mentally you already are like you might not even be able to say, Oh, it's this this is the next song, but mentally you're having this experience where you you just feel and you know. Well, the the hymnal, right, you you put this song next to this song and you might not even sing it in, in this, in the corporate setting in that space, but you did sing, let's say you sang hymn 37. Well, your eyes might still go to 38. And so there is this, this, um, this, it's a, it's this, a liturgy. It's yes, like a catechism absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And so again, with this being our song, well, that's what it was for Israel, right? The Psalms were their hymn book. They were familiar. They knew oh, which songs go with which songs, which are close to. Yeah. Them. Cause like what we 
did this weekend, 42, um, 43 actually goes together with 42. Mm -hmm. There is a lot of common language and common imagery, and it, it expands a little bit more on um, on the kind of situation that was causing so much turmoil for the, the author. Well, um, I do have to step out, which yeah. is killing me because I'm loving this conversation. So before you go, just yep. make sure I'm right on something that's in my mind. Um, grief. Yeah. Uh, grief is kind of a, a universal experience. Mm -hmm. um, when we experience grief in the past uh, sense, we experience sadness. Yep. Grief in the present is often anger, and mm -hmm. grief in the future is anxiety. anxiety. Do I have those right? Yeah, so that's uh, Viscott, his book called Emotional Resilience, which uh, it's hard to track down if you're looking for it on Amazon. It's it's uh, it's not currently in print anymore, but um, it's just very dense, and it's uh, those are kind of his his handles for those for those emotions. And it's, it's interesting because we don't, as a society, do grief well, right? Um, and we and then I think in turn we don't do sadness, we don't do anxiety, we don't do um, uh, anger, like those things well either. So, um, so while yeah. you step out, yep. I'm going to talk about, um, grief as like handling our grief and attending to our grief with the presence and goodness of Jesus as a way of, uh, uh as an apologetic in today's world. So we appreciate Brad and everything that he does uh, with this deep dive, but, um, so friends, uh, over the weekend, if, if you had the opportunity to to hear what I shared about Psalm 42, um, you know, that, that message came from a, a, some pretty um, honest but also familiar places in my life. Um, the loss of close friends, the loss of a family member, uh, the, the expectations that were not met, hopes that simply were not fulfilled, uh, the difficulties in even good relationships, as well as like um, just learning to live at home in my own skin and, and how limited I am. Um, have taken me to places of grief. So we bring up what um, the author that, that Brad referred to, what he, what he talked about, you know, when we experience grief in the past or, or we are experiencing grief that we've already gone through um, and grief is loss. Grief is that sense of, of um, what we need is not what's present and what we depend on has radically shifted and changed. It's gone. So, uh, grief in the past is often experienced as sadness. Uh, we, we miss something or someone. We um, wish and long for a, a sense of that thing. Sometimes even experiences that we've had, um, nostalgia, we can recall today. And for some reason, it doesn't hit us exactly uh, with the joy that it did back when we experienced it. But we realize the distance that we are from it, and we can feel sadness then. Uh, grief in the present is often experienced as anger. We, we know that something has not gone right, and we feel uh, this welling up of wanting to fight back against uh, the things that are causing us pain, the things that are, are causing, that we call, consider a loss. Um, it's really an uncomfortable thing for me to think about grief, experiencing grief in the, presence, uh, in the present as uh, when I experience anger. But I think the longer I've excuse me, sat with that definition. I think the truer it is. Um, I can see myself when I'm angry. It's not that the situation itself is entirely overwhelming. It's that my sense of what's happening to me in that moment um, doesn't uh, live up to the thing that I desire most. Um, oftentimes, uh, for me, my anger is very subtle and it's very uh, maybe quiet. 
but um, it's present nonetheless. And the trick with either sadness or anger or anxiety that I'll mention next, I don't think is facing those things head on necessarily. Um, It's not that we have to challenge ourselves or talk ourselves down. I think what we're given in Christ is an incredible, um, it's an opportunity and a responsibility to ask ourselves, where is the Lord in this? Because surely he is with us. This is part of the gospel of his grace. It is not just that he has, you know, uh, been born, lived, died on the cross, was risen again, but that through his spirit, um, God indwells the hearts of every believer. And his presence is, is very much with us. And his presence is with us on the sunny days and on the cloudy days as well. His presence is with us when we experience sadness and when we experience anger and when we experience uh, anxiety. In all of these things, all of these griefs and the ways that they're coming out, um, you know, I, I think that sometimes what we need most is, is to ask ourselves, where is Christ attending to, to these griefs in me? Where does he comfort me? Where does he uh, offer gentle correction for me? Where does he give me perspective? Um, Psalm 37 that we're going to look at in a couple of weeks talks about anger in particular, so grief in the present, and gives this beautiful perspective of understanding um, that our anger does not redeem uh, anything in the world, but Christ does redeem. Uh, Christ's presence is here uh, actually because of the things that, that anger us or that grieve us so much to the point that we want to push back and lash out. Uh, grief in the future has been described as anxiety. It's this anticipation of loss that's coming, this expectation that things aren't going to turn out the way that I intend or the way that I hope. Um, it is, uh, by every respect, one of the most common and one of the most difficult experiences uh, of life. I've got many friends, many family members who describe experiences of anxiety Um and uh, my heart goes out to them. I know days when my heart's been racing uh, because my body is anticipating that something won't go right. And it can feel very isolating to go through that. But remembering that it's a way of experiencing grief, which we experience in this world, um, brings me back to that central question. Where is Christ in this? Um, I find like Matthew chapter six, Brad, welcome back, by the hey. way. And hi, James. James is sitting off camera. He's a wonderful young man. But uh, whenever I start experiencing anxiety, um, I'm not necessarily good Hmm. in that moment. Not good to myself. (laughs) I can usually be better for others Mm -hmm. than for myself. Mm -hmm. Um, I have a hard time accepting the way that I feel. uh, The fact that I'm worked up about something that has not happened yet. Um, But I recall places uh, in scripture where the Lord kind of promised his attending to Mm -hmm. us um, in the present in a way that takes the pressure off the future. Uh, Matthew chapter six, you know, he clothes the grass of the field. He takes care of the birds of the air. He does it so much so that not even Solomon Mm -hmm. lived up to the testimony of like the flowers that are going to spring up this coming spring. Mm -hmm. And he says, so, so, you know, you, you don't need to worry about tomorrow, what you will eat or drink or what you will wear. Um, Many people run after all of these things, but your heavenly father knows that you need them. I don't know that Jesus says those things to shame us or to give us um, like this principle as much as to say um, life is difficult Mm -hmm. and grief is real, Mm -hmm. but you will never be alone um, Mm -hmm. so far as the father is concerned, so far as Christ is concerned in his work. uh, You'll never be alone Mm -hmm. in your grief, whether it's something you're experiencing from the past, currently in the present or even anticipating 
for the future. So I was kind of exploring Brad, cool. those, those three dynamics, but um, where I'd like to land this conversation. Yep. We got about three minutes, four minutes left. It's all I need. Um, three minutes is enough to work a pitch count up to, you know, uh, three balls, two strikes, a couple of fouls, and then get the hit that, yeah, uh, that yeah, the yeah. team needs. So. Yeah. Now that the the place that I'd like um, <clears throat> like to go with this is um, in, inviting uh, inviting our church family to um, to live wholeheartedly. Um, that uh, I shared in the message, you know, the the point of faith isn't that we have like this side road to get by the difficulties mm-hmm. of life, but that we would sit maybe uh, more patiently in the things that are hard and in the things that hurt, in the things that grieve us. So, do you have any practical? Uh, I'm going to put you on the spot here. But do you have yeah. any practical? Like, um, here's how I, or here's how friends uh, that you trust do the hard things in life well, um, and you know their faith allows them to sit in the middle of great difficulty and great, you know, even inner turmoil, uh, but, but to still be uh, sturdy and resilient in that way. Yeah. I think about, um, you know, I have one friend in particular who, when he's feeling those, those things um, and he's done enough like heart work to kind of know what are the physical signs in his body or um, what are the particular seasons when, you know, those experiences or those feelings might, you know, arise. He, uh, he just reminds himself, he just has to do the thing. Okay. Right. And so like the, do what thing? whatever the thing is, gotcha. Right. Whatever it is yeah. like it, grief, I think um, it can, it can just really uh, not just disorient, but um puts you in a place where you're isolated and where you just feel stuck. And so, um, not just to pull yourselves up by your bootstraps, but like just doing the thing, whatever the next thing is, knowing that, um, the grief might not go away, but like you're able to do that. And usually with the help of others is that takes a lot of courage, takes a ton of courage. Yeah. Yeah. Takes a lot of courage to not shame yourself for uh, the grief you experience, but also to not allow that grief um, to hold you in place. Yeah, yeah, and then to, but at the same time, also like dignify your grief yep. and say, you know what, it might be okay to not to not do the thing today because I I need to do that too. Yeah, like rest and giving space yep. is okay. Yeah, um, my daughter Hazel, well, we can land here, but. She, um, on the one hand, she thinks she's funny, which she is. She probably is. She's hilarious. But she, she dad jokes. Oh yeah. 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 But she also, there's something beautiful in it. Um, over the last like couple months, sometimes she'll offer to pray for a meal uh-huh. and she'll say, um, okay, let's pray. Jesus wept. Amen. <laughs> and like, oh, that's so beautiful though. No, it really is. Yeah, um, just praying scripture. It really is. I, it's the funniest thing, not the funniest. It's just this beautiful thing. Like when you when you observe Jesus in Scripture, mm-hmm. he is so present in each moment. His anger is really only at the broken things and the arrogant things in the yeah. world. His uh, sadness is over the loss that he and others go through. And the way that he attends and is present for those things, his thoughts and comments on anxiety have nothing to do with just feel better or it'll be yeah. okay. yeah. But it has to do with something of relationship, relationship yeah. to God, relationship to each other, all the way so much so that, you know, Philippians 4, 8 kind of wraps it up for us. It says, whatever's true and noble, think on these things, not because that's the out, 
but because that, that's the actual way of the way of faith is like in the middle of difficulty and grief and all that to think on these things. And this is how the Psalms come to us in the middle of it all. Let's feel it. Let's name it. And let's um, long and hope for God in it because he's there and let's trust his presence and his goodness. Mm, that's so good. Things. That's so good. I'm, I'm chuckling a little bit because in the background, my son's going through all of his Valentines that he picked up from school. And uh, there's a little bit of a disorienting uh, talking about who's, a heavy cost. <laughs> who's Stephanie, James? <laughs> Just kidding. Just kidding. <laughs> I'm just teasing. Anyway, hey, thank you for joining us for this week's episode of The Deep Dive. You can find this resource and more on our website, calvary.church slash resources. Um, it's available everywhere you listen to podcasts. I invite you to share it with someone that you think might be able to learn something or might just enjoy, um, you know, conversations about the Psalms and about grief. And um, yeah, we just want to be a community that's keeping our Bibles open, uh, that's pursuing Jesus because he matters most. Go in grace and peace. And we'll catch you again next time. And next time, more nicknames for Caleb. Thanks for listening to The Deep Dive, a Calvary Church Media Productions podcast. Be sure to subscribe and leave a review wherever you listen to podcasts.